Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the 805 Uncensored Podcast. This is episode number 68. Joined with me is Heather Schmidt, and then we also have my friend Tammy from Florida. So thank you both for being here. It's good to be here. Yeah, Tammy, do you want to go ahead and just introduce yourself for our listeners real quick? Um, well, my name's Tammy Brown. I'm from Florida. Um, military family, uh, in and out of different countries. Um, been in retail most of my life and do a lot of management. So you're a typical person, you know. Yeah. Um, but was definitely raised with um, some spirituality, as I guess we're going to get to today. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So we are here to talk about astral projection, dreams, uh, and a few different things related to that. So my, my first question for you right off the bat is, can you just share some of your experiences in astral projection, one or two in particular that really stands out, and explain to our listeners what that concept is about? Well, um, to tell them what it's about, it's going to be a hard one because my first experience, I had no idea what I was doing. Wow. I had no idea that that was what was happening. Understandable. You know, so it's it was one of those things that's, wow, what was this? What was that? And then a little bit later on in life, it started to make sense. The more I found out, the more I read, the more I researched. And so that experience was, was quite eye-opening. Uh, no worries. Um, I want to say it was probably 1986. Um, I was in Cape Coral, Florida. And um, I, in 1986, I was in a tumultuous time, teenage years, so not necessarily in the best place, but there was one night that I woke up in a dead panic, something that I was paralyzed. I could not move anything, my arms, my legs, my my body, I couldn't move anything. I was laying on my stomach with my face turned uh, to the right, and I have a door in my room, and I, I seen the door open, but it opened from the opposite side. Instead of opening in, it opened from the left, you know, um, and I seen a black figure come through there. With that being said, <laughs> It was like a lightning bolt went through my body. I mean, so much so it bounced me clean off my bed. I mean, I ended up on the floor from the impact of me coming back. And wow. that's all I can say, you know, as far as research later on showed, that's what was happening. And as soon as I hit that floor, I was up, turned on the light, and everything was okay. And so later on down the road, I, I was researching that, and it was a malicious intent. So that was the first experience I had with it, and it was it was terrifying, absolutely terrifying. So did you see like a shadow figure, or? I did. Oh it was a very clear outline, very clear outline of of a head and shoulders and solid black. It gives me chills. Yeah, I almost said <laughs> it, the exact same thing. It gives me chills. And when and you're I'm, paralyzed, I'm really <laughs> when you're paralyzed on the bed and you cannot move and you see that coming towards you, that was, it was just, it was, I can't say it anymore, terrifying. <laughs> and it was, like I said, like a lightning bolt when I came back to my body. You know, I'm sure that my body alerted me to something that was happening in my space at that time. And I came back to be able to move because I couldn't move at all. I was absolutely paralyzed. It was quite an experience. <laughs> so how did you feel immediately when you woke up? Were you like, Oh, that was, that was a nightmare or, I was visited by a paranormal entity. Absolutely. What, yeah, what thoughts went through your head? Absolutely. Well, the first thing that went through my mind was, oh, this was a dream. This was just a nightmare. It was, you know, nothing to be afraid of because, you know, I flipped on the light and, hey, I'm, I'm fine. But later on, like I said, doing that research, it, it, 
it showed me a, a bigger event that was happening at that time. Whoa. <laughs> Sounds absolutely terrifying. <laughs> okay, so what what happened the second time? Well, um, with the second time that I had astral projected, I was in Florida, and my family's from Missouri. So my great-grandmother lives in Missouri, right? Um, I, I, I went to bed that night, and I was thinking a lot about her. And I must have, you know, I thought I was dreaming about her. Um, I was in her house with my back up against the ceiling. I don't know if you can envision that, but your back is up against the ceiling and you're looking down on everything. So I was in the hallway of my great grandmother's house floating on the ceiling, looking at her, watching her do things. So she came out of her room and then she went towards the bathroom. She got some kind of ointment out of her cabinet and put her teeth in her little teeth jar. She went back to her room. She sat down on her bed and I seen the clock, clear as day on the, the dresser. And she was putting this ointment on her knees. And as soon as I smelled it, I panicked and I went right back to my body. Wow. So it was, it was overwhelming to see her do this thinking I'm dreaming. But then that smell of like mentholatum hits you. And it just, I was like, Oh my God, I'm really here. Oh no, I gotta go. You know, it was a panic. So just like that, I was right back to my body. It was, it was crazy. And I, I called her the next day and said, granny, I said, what time did you go to bed last night? <laughs> She goes, oh, it was about 10 after 9. I was like, yeah, it was about 9.13, actually. <gasps> oh. She's like, yeah. It was, it, I was there. I, I mean, that was the reality of it. I was there. I seen exactly what she did. So, so neither time you, like, you, like, put your mind to it and you were like, okay, I'm going to do this. It, it almost like, it's something that, like, would you call it, like, coming over you? Like it was out of your control. Mm. Yes. It was not something that I controlled, wanted, asked for or anything. Um, I'm very intuitive and I have a little bit of psychicness there. There's a lot of that in my family, but has never been honed, ritualized, you know, learned or anything. It's, it's more of a natural thing. And I've noticed this in my family. Um, so it was definitely nothing that I, you know, said, Hey, you know, guiding spirits, I'm going to, um, astral plane tonight. And I would like your, your, your blessings and safety and protection and blah, blah, blah. No, I never did any of that. It was, it was something that just came. Cause you know, like on TV, like it's portrayed as something that, you yeah. know, people decide to do, you mm -hmm. know, like, like my kids watched Sabrina and, the characters were astral projecting all the time, but they made the decision to do it and they set up all their little, you know, stuff. And so I think like a lot of people think of it as something that, you know, someone has decided to do, but what you're describing for us is you had no choice. Right. Right. Exactly. No, Heather, I, I totally agree. Every, everything that I've been exposed to in terms of astral projection has always just been people have decided to do that, whether it's like portrayed in the horror movies, yeah. like Insidious, for example, that's, that's terrifying. So yeah. How did you, how did you feel about these experiences where, like, how did you come out on top of that? I, I'm sure you had all these questions running through your head. Absolutely. I mean, how could I have been there? Um, how could I have smelled that smell? How could I have really smelled it? I mean, subconsciously, I don't know if maybe subconsciously or unsubconsciously doing it without knowing it. It's especially crazy because she was still alive. Yeah. 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 I never, whenever I visited anywhere, it was always places that I had already been. 
it was never any place that I had never been. So that kind of told me there, you had to have been there before you can go there again. Uh-huh. Were you taking it's that a, it's past like a, life experience? Or um, I've been to your house and I could astral pl- project there. Wow. You know, but if you haven't been somewhere, you can't actually go there. So that's that's what I've experienced, and I've I've talked to several other people who have astral projected, and that's what they've found too. Is you have to be there or have been there physically to actually go there again in astral projection. So I don't know if it's a bond or something. You know, you leave like a marker. You know, well, that you've been there. Well, you, well you're descri- you're describing like pan like you said you panicked at certain points. And so I wonder if like the experience is so terrifying because it would be for me um, that it has to be a place that has some comfort or familiarity for you to even be able to do it. Do you know what I mean? I just, yes. But I will contradict that because I've been other places that, that weren't comforting. Oh, okay. Wow. Why don't you talk more about that? Yeah. Um, I will say it was 91. I had just moved to Wichita, Kansas and from Florida. And there was some, some abrupt things going on in my life, uh, when I was a a small child. So, um, molestation in the family. So I, it was getting married to a man and you know, all of these emotions and things are going through you. Um, I don't know if that maybe triggered it, but of course past traumas come up. Well, I astral projected to the place, my, my, um, great grandpa's house. Um, and it was, it was not now time. It was then time. And, I could watch and see the things that had happened. And then again, with a sensory uh, bringing me back to my body, it was a a very loud sound and it was the screen door and that screen door I had imprinted in my head, that sound of that screen door um, told me grandpa was coming outside, you know? So when that hit, it just snapped me, you know, right back. And so I was like, wow, how, how in the world, you know, could I have done that too? But as I've done research again, um, it, it comes back to you're connected to places and time and spaces is of one. There's inevitable times and spaces. There's inevitable outcomes and in pathways. And so even with astral projection, you can go into the past. Now, future, I haven't been there, but I've dreamt it. Mm. You know, I, I've, I've uh, predicted two of my, my family's deaths. Wow. And it was, you know, it's hair-raising. It's, it's another one of those things that's a very natural thing that I never wanted or got into. But that's another story or another episode. <laughs> but um, going in past, into the past, to see that trauma... I think I had to deal with that to go on and get married and have children, you know, uh, get on to that pathway, you know, that, that time in my life. It was, so it was an eye opener. In a way, do you think that it was kind of like destiny? Or my guiding angels telling me you need to be here. This is, this is where you need to be to, to deal with or, um, find an answer, mm-hmm. you know, even if, even if I, I had no, I, I'm not ashamed of any of that. Yeah. You know, uh, it never bothered at all. I knew it was something that had happened. He was mentally ill. Um, and I can't blame him. I've actually forgiven him for everything that has been done. So why would I have to go back into that and see it? Hmm. 
you know, and it had to be in that same house. And it was my great grandmother's house. There again, you say as a comforting thing. Well, it was also right. a traumatic thing. Yeah. Right. So it's it's not necessarily you know a place that you're comfortable. With. It's it's anywhere. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's anywhere you've been. So so how many times have you have you like experienced this? Or do you not? At is, least, it, is it like so many that you? Well, uh, if I if I don't count the times that I don't remember, <laughs> um, wow, it's probably wow. at least ten. You know that I can very clearly remember because those are the those are the beginning ones that had happened that really, you know, put a mark in your mind. You know, like mm -hmm. hard lesson. You know. And how, oh how periodic God. are these events? Like, how often does this happen? Okay, so um, I don't astral project anymore. And if I do, I don't remember. This is something that I've, I've made a choice of. Um, so the last time had to have been, I'd say 2015, maybe? Mm-hmm. Um, that's still pretty recent. Yeah. Yeah. 2015. It was only because my uncle Doug had cancer. Mm. Okay. And he had, um, colon cancer, but it was in remission. And then all of a sudden they had a bad test result. Well, I had astro projected apparently to his trailer. I've been there before. So, I was able to go there and I, I seen him talking with his wife and I was overhearing all of this about him telling her about the result and saying, well, it's just a, a false positive. They don't know what they're talking about. I'm in remission, you know, and I go back to my grandma after I had come back and I said, grandma, I had the strangest dream. And I said, I was hearing Uncle Doug talk about his test results and grandma had no idea that he had test results period and that's his mother mm -hmm. so of course she found out the next day and you know that's they've they've always known this about me as far as being psychic or knowing things you know and they they got used to it <laughs> did, did you have a lot of paranormal experiences in your childhood yes that's the impression that I got um, as well. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I'm a Scorpio. I was born on Halloween about uh, 12, 18 a.m. So actually technically November 1st. But right on the cusp of that um, veil being very, very thin from our world to spiritual world. So I've always had a big connection with it, whether I've known it or not. Um, it's been one of those things, like I said, I've never had any formal training in. Mm -hmm. I've never taken classes. I've read books. I've watched YouTube videos. I've, you know, researched things, but I've never really gotten into it to where, you know, I'm doing tarot cards or I'm, I've got crystals everywhere or um, I have candles everywhere. You know, um, it's, it's just been more of a natural thing. And I've noticed that even though I should have some of those protections around, <laughs> I do have a few, but it comes all back to belief. And that's a big thing for me, mm -hmm. you know, and that's, that's a, another good story for you <laughs> about belief. It, it blows my mind and I'll tell you about it. I always tell people anytime that they're into spirituality or they're into magic or into anything like that. And I, was, I tell them, well, it's all about what you believe in. I said, take an example. I'm going to give you an example of a family that lives in Haiti. And they have a child, and this child is raised in their religion and their culture and their backgrounds. Well, there's a lot of voodoo, a lot of magic that goes on with those, those cultures, you know. And uh, that child believes it 100%. And one day when he's a man, somebody comes and tells him, well, I curse you. You're going to die in three days. Well, what do you think happens? He dies in three days. Why? He because he, he believes it. Yeah. yeah, he believes it. Absolutely. The 
It's a very powerful thing. If you believe in something, you can manifest it. You can do it. So having that, you know, being said, I tell them, you know, it's, it's, it's up to you what you believe in. You know, how much do you believe in it? Wholeheartedly or half-assed? You know, if it's half-assed, then it's not going to work for you. Have you, ever, have you ever read Mary Roach? She's a, she's a science writer and she wrote this great book called Stiff. Have you read her, Jordan? I have not. So she wrote this great book. I mean, she's written a lot of really good books. I definitely recommend looking her up, but the, the, my favorite one is this book Stiff. And she talks about that and she tries to approach it from a, like what happens to people after they die. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and she tries to approach it from a very like scientific evidence base uh, and also historical uh, viewpoint. It's a great book. It's hilarious. But she talks about that, about people's belief systems. And I mean, there are like doctors who are so religious and they will like install stuff in their, you know, operating rooms to try to find some sort of evidence of what, you know, they believe in, the patients believe in. I mean, she talks about how one doctor used to install a laptop with a video going up in the up up in the ceiling because of all the patients he had that said that they would essentially astral project during during surgery and go up there and there were times that the computer would flip off and that was all that they needed to confirm what they believed it's a very fascinating book and she talks about a lot of what you're talking about but almost from a scientific perspective which is fascinating. And mine is mine is purely spiritual because it's all yeah. natural. Yeah. So but it's, it's not a scientific. Mm -hmm. It does. Absolutely. I believe that. That's fascinating. But with astral projection, I was going to um, give you another, you know, little synapses. I, I, I do believe that there are malicious intent with mm -hmm. astral projection. Mm -hmm. um, I believe that you should protect yourself. And you should, you know, call upon the ones that you believe in to protect you before you do. And I, I just want to say that just because of the experiences that I've had. And I don't know what would have happened to me if I wouldn't have known, you know, if I wouldn't have been strong enough to come back and not be taken by that force, you know? Um, and I look back on it and I, I look at it as, in that time of my life, I was not in a good place, so I was attracting negative energies. You attract what you are. If you are love, happiness, and joy, you attract love, happiness, and joy. If you are negativity, ambiguity, and, and you know, volatility, you attract that. So that's what I believe that in those times I had emotional things going on is when I did astral project, it was really tied to emotion. Yeah, I mean, that's consistent with all the stories that I've heard from people that have had similar experiences or even just, you know, paranormal experiences. They experienced some form of trauma in their life. They were extremely depressed. They had a history of mental illness in their family. It's, it's, an, it's a pattern that I've seen over and over again. And it just makes sense, you know, as, as you're suggesting. Absolutely. What do you think of the the term astral projection? Like, do you, do you like it, or do you think it kind of sounds new agey? As I've heard some other spiritual people say. It almost sounds like it's a scientific name for it. You know, it's you're leaving your body. You're you're going to other places. Your soul's leaving your body. Um, I, I think it's a a good way to say it. How do they say it otherwise? Yeah, that's a good question. I don't know how else they would say it. <laughs> Astral projection, that's what it is. So you mentioned the soul just now. How, how do you think that this relates to the human soul? And do, do you believe that humans have a soul? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> um, I, we all have an energy that is that forms our soul. Mm -hmm. um, we're all made of energy. So that energy is our soul. We do expend that energy and do astral project. That's where our energies go. Our energies can go anywhere that we've been. So I absolutely believe that. And I, as you were saying earlier, Heather, about you know after death, where does your where does your soul go? I, I 
truly believe that it's energy and it goes where energy goes. So if you believe it's to be reunited with the divine being of energy, then that's what you believe. You know, um, it's, it's all in what you believe as where your energy will go. I, that's yeah. how I look at it. So that book that I was mentioning, she talks about how there was like a group that did a study where they got hospice um, patients to agree to use a weight on their bed. And so they tried to uh, weigh them like at the moment of their death, right? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. To see if there would be a weight difference because there's, you know, all those theories about the soul weighing and they weren't able to really get it fine tuned with, um, with people, but then they decided to do it with animals and they were able to like record significant weight difference at that very moment. Absolutely. Just, it's just fascinating to me. What else is that? It's, it is of course your energy, you know? Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it has yeah. to be. Yeah. I mean, I can't, I don't want to get scientific -y on you, but what is energy? Energy is mass, right? Yeah. It takes up mass. So why wouldn't it weigh something? Yeah. Even if the most minute. Do you think that the, the, when you astral project, the soul fully leaves the body? Or do you think that the silver cord always remains intact? The silver cord, meaning the Absolutely. attachment of the soul to the body. Yes. I absolutely believe that because how, how can you find your way back? You know, um, it's, it's a tether cord. Um, and that's another thing that is in jeopardy when you are astral projecting is that being severed, which leads to, and my belief, mental illness. Mm. Wow. You know, if, if a person astral projects and they are cut off from their body, even though they make it back to their body, it's not the same. Yeah. They're wow. disconnected. Yeah, they're, I mean, they're not even really the same person because their soul is disconnected from them. Their their energy is completely gone. Ooh. It's still there, but it's disconnected from them intimately. You know, it's not It's not within their heart. It's not within that, that chakra, as we say. It's not in that energy anymore. Mm -hmm. It's disconnected. It's there, but it's disconnected. It's not mm -hmm. connected to it, you know? other word is there for that it's just not connected it's severed yeah it's severed it's there but it's not integrated wholly with you it's not it has a loose connected. grip instead of a, a tight constrained grip on it okay so and that's not... why you see some people that are disconnected you know that are not just all there i mean they are but they're not you can mm -hmm. see it Kind of or there, there's or there are people where like they all of a sudden change and like you know them so intimately and you know that nothing necessarily happened but it was just like all of a sudden like totally different person or like you said like nothing there all of a sudden yep i'll give you some examples my uncle david and my mother both have mental illness big mental illness um schizophrenia, manic depression, bipolar, paranoid schizophrenia. Mm -hmm. um, our, my, my family was truly very spiritual, but naturally. We were natural spiritualists, natural witches, if you will, you know. Um, everything came naturally as long as we worked in threes. Um, they, they never caught on to that until I kind of brought it to their attention, but Uncle David and my mother, I, I truly believe, did not know the power that they had or, how, you know, how much intuition or ability to connect to that spiritual side. And I, I really, truly believe that's what happened to them wow. because it, the, the mental illness is so severe that they're disconnected from this reality. Wow. You know? And it, it makes sense. You know what I mean? I, I could put the dots together as well. You, you're not connected to this earth in this reality, then yeah, I can see where you would think of it this way, you know? And that comes from the spiritual realm. Because both of them are very spiritual and they even talk about it um, a lot. <laughs> the 
it's that's that's the side of it that I think that got disconnected and they wish that they were some supernatural being or they know that they're from a different planet. Wow. You know, um, mm. that kind of mental illness, you know, mm. so I can see where that not our reality, our physical reality, but that mental reality that they have is in that spiritual in that imaginary as we it's not imaginary but it's it's almost imaginary because if you've never done it before then it seems very surreal very unreal to you mm -hmm. but that's the world that they're in wow so do you think that when that happens to people their souls are just out there floating around in the spiritual world no i i don't believe that they're out there floating um I believe that they are still connected to their body, but maybe a portion of it is. You know what I mean? It's not, they're not fully there. So it it makes more sense to me to say, yes, I'll contradict that and say, yes, they're half in and half out. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. That they're, they're not quite connected fully. So that, portion of what they're not connected with is definitely left in the spiritual world. I don't think it's out there floating. I think it's left in that spiritual realm that they are used to, that they've gone to, that they've been to. I think that's where they dwell. I don't think it's different places, unfortunately, because it's the same stories. It's the same mannerisms. It's the same, you know, that they talk about. Mm-hmm. So I don't think they switch places or go anywhere other places. How do you think that dreaming and reality is connected or correlated to astral projection in general? Directly. Mm. Because you can absolutely confuse a dream for astral projection. Yep. Absolutely. I agree. And as as you mentioned with your stories, after it happens to you, it's it's obvious the difference between the two. Absolutely, the difference. Um, the feelings are so intense. Um, the the panic, the terrifying, the smell, the sound, you know, it's all very um, emphasized, you know. It's, it's louder, it's bellier, it's more. Wow. Yeah, because uh, this might not be true, but I, I hear things like, if you're lucid dreaming and you look at your hands, your fingers are like distorted or there's always something off about your body. You have blurry vision, for example, but when you're astral projecting, it sounds like you're fully aware of your senses. You're fully aware of what's going on. Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. I was fully aware of all of it <laughs> as if I was awake. <laughs> you know, that's why I panicked when I was at my great grandmother's house. I've panicked in other times too, thinking I would scare somebody because I was there. And I was like, Oh God, if I make a noise or if I, yeah. if wow. I do something, you know, and then I panic and I'm like, Nope, I'm going home. You know what I mean? So it's that, that's what I've gotten used to is the panic sends me home. The panic sends me back to my body. So I think I'm gonna <laughs> scare somebody <laughs> because I don't. I still don't know. Uh, can you see an erythral? Can you see an astral projector? Maybe that's something that people like. Oh, I got a ghost in my room. Oh, that's my ex that knows how to astral project, and he's busy. <laughs> Yeah, wow. Wow, that's really crazy to think about. <laughs> but makes a lot of sense. I don't think it's I don't think astral projecting is I don't know, I haven't done a lot of research in it lately, but I don't think it's as big as all of that, you know. Um, that's why it's it's scarier because the people who are astral projecting know what they're doing. Mm. And uh, so do you think there, so you, so you described what, when it happens to you, it's like, it's happening to you. Do you think there are people that intend to do it though? Like, like we were talking about on TV. 
I yes. think so, yeah. Absolutely. And I'll tell you why, because I was telling you earlier that I quit astral projecting. And, and that's because... Yeah, you made the decision. Uh-huh. And I found out how to. And I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on a podcast, but um, marijuana does not allow you to dream or astral project. True story for me anyway, you know, it could be different for anybody else, but it, at nighttime, I'm, I'm pretty toasty when I go to bed and uh, I don't, I don't dream. I don't astral project. And if I do, I don't remember it. Yeah. Do you think that that you know? has to do with the impact of cannabis um, and it's, ability to diminish REM sleep? Yes. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's unfortunate. That's one of the side effects I don't like about it because <laughs> I do, I like the pain relief and I like to be able to sleep. Yeah. Um, but the quality of sleep is not as good as it could be. Now, when I'm dreaming or astral projecting, it doesn't seem like I get a full night's sleep, period. You know, that was one of the things that I was noticing um, in the early 90s. I was noticing my, my sleep was not good. And it was, I was astral projecting often. Wow. Um, you know, once a month, twice a month, you know, more than I would like to. Because a lot of that was, um, you know, trauma and other things that I was going through. I truly believe that the negative forces you know, are attracted to negative energies. So if I was going through those negative things, I was attracting all this negativity or these negative forces. Like I seen that shadow come through uh, at my, my grandma's house. I, I seen it and it was real to me and it was, you know, panicking and it, it frightened me, you know? So yeah, I, I believe that <laughs> it's necessary <laughs> to, protect yourself absolutely did you did you ever feel like you were physically in danger or that you could be separated from your soul in those astral projection experiences um or was there ever like any doubt in your mind that you wouldn't be able to get out of that 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 first time that i astral projected yes that was the with one the who shadow, with the shadow with the shadow that was the one and after that, I always had crystals around me. You know, I had a quartz crystal or an onyx or a, um, um, the other black one, tourmaline or uh, obsidian. 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 Yeah. Yes, because those are the ones who will absorb that negativity or that negative energies that are around and give you some protection. So you know, having a necklace on or having one on my my nightstand, I never had any problems after that. You know, I definitely did that research and found out that's what it was. It was a negative energy. And it was after me and my energy, you know. So I, I didn't want that. And and somebody also told me about it possibly being a malicious ancestor or mm. spirit that, you know, from a family trauma that was ready, you know. It could have been a malicious attempt, you know, attempt on on dislocating me from my my soul you know so i believe it happens i believe that there's energy vampires out there too that would you know love to feed on that too um but yeah i i think they could absolutely intentionally <laughs> yeah so i guess i'm trying to figure out um you stopped astral projecting but when you first started talking about it, you said that it was out of your control. So hypothetically speaking, if, if people do have the ability to control it, how do you think that it can be done safely? And can you just expand more on the risks that are involved in it? Um, from just from my own personal experience, you know, yeah. um, I'm not an expert or a professional or in any shape or form. But um, again, I'll go back to what you believe in. It's what you believe in. If you believe that obsidian is going to protect you, then it will. If you believe that that protection spell is going to protect you, it will. If you believe that those, those candles that you're lighting and the rituals you're doing are going to protect you, 
or the sigils you place on your door are going to protect you, then they will. That's the whole premise of it. So as a natural, I think that's what I already manifest in my own mind or in my own self for those kind of protections. And that's probably why I came right back to my body because I did have those in place, but naturally. Mm -hmm. So there's people out there who have to have, you know, something tangible uh, to believe in something, a, a candle, a crystal, a sigil, you know. Um, but if you can get to that point to where you don't need those things, then you don't need that protection. I know that my white light is the protection. I know that what comes from my center is the protection. Mm -hmm. So that's it's hard to give advice to you know the populace on how to protect themselves when it's it's a very personal it's all, it's all within yourself individual thing yeah that, ma that makes sense sure. heather do you have any questions you want to add real quick no i was i was one of the one of the concluding questions i'm really interested in now is like Every time that you have have done this, is it is there something unique about each time to you? Like when you're like when you're back, like do you feel different each time, or is it always the same? You describe like panic bringing you back, but then do you do you ever feel like peace or reassurance, mm. or you know like like when you said yeah. that you visited your grandmother, was it your grandmother? And it's mm -hmm. like. And then, you know, you talk to her about, oh, what time did you go to bed and all of that. That almost, that set to me feels like, okay, it's like almost like you were checking in on your grandma. Mm -hmm. You know, which I know a lot, like if my grandparents were still alive, I would be checking in on them all the time. Yeah. Um, and, and when I get home, I feel like a sense of relief, you know? Well, in all my instances, there was never a sense of peace or a sense of any of that because more of the panic or frustration or, you know, whatever the emotion was that brought me back, the sound, the smell, you know, whatever that emotion was, I was still kind of engulfed in that, that right. feeling, Yeah. you know, so, it, and then it's, it's more of an analyzing, okay, what just happened? You know, how do I make sense of this? You know, where was I? Was I there? You know, did I really do this or did that really happen? Or was that really said, you know, um, that, all correlates right after the the experience you know with that engulfing in that emotion of whatever brought me back and then all the questions to come with it and then yeah and then the other thing i was thinking about is like you were talking about how like like sometimes it it was like something that you needed to go through and i wonder if there are like people who view it almost like therapy you know, you know, when you go to therapy and, and it's like all that, you got to like trauma dump all that stuff. Right. But then when it's over, it's over. Mm -hmm. And I want and I, and I wonder if there are people that like that are that see that as like like their goal, you know, um, do you feel like well, do you feel like you do you feel like even though you didn't necessarily intend it each time, did you feel like you ever went in with like a goal? Like a like a subconscious goal. No. 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 Wow. Interesting. I'm not intentionally not aware. You know, wow. again, subconsciously maybe. Yeah. Um, but no. Wow. Um, it was all very natural thing. It, like I said, it's it was just something that happened and it happens and. You wake up with that experience and those feelings and why did I do this or did I do this intentionally? Did I, you know, what was the purpose of this? It's, it's all figuring out what the purpose of it is because after, I truly believe that you're going to go someplace. It's, it's for a purpose. But you, but you always do it after the fact you're saying. Exactly. Figuring out wow. what it was. Yeah. If, it, <laughs> you know? if it was me, if it was me, like the first or second time, I would be like, "All right, here's my list of places that I want to go." Because, <laughs> 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 you know, that's because I'm very like type A like that. I like to be very organized. You know. Um, yeah. Well, that's something that again, if you if you truly believe that you can do that, I would ask your your guides, your spirits, or whoever that protects yeah. you, say, "Hey." 
I would like to go on this journey. I would like to experience this, yeah. you know, because you're asking the energy that does it, you know, around you, everything that is energy. So we're, we're asking for protection and we want to go do this. So I think that's how people actually do intentionally astral project. Mm. Is they ask for it. They protect themselves. They, you know, intentionally, it's an intention um, to do it. And then they do. Yeah. And if they are able to analyze and, and look at that after the experience and say, oh, yeah, that was an astral projection. Or that was a dream, which a lot of it is chalked up to. So how did you re how do you research or how did you research afterwards? Did you? Mm, like that's a good the, question. In the 80s and the 90s, it's not like you could go Google. I mean, <laughs> no, there was no Google. But um, believe it or not, there was a shop here at Cape Coral, and it was a place that I used to go. They had Reiki and they had, oh, yeah. uh, you know, lots of, you know, spiritual things going on. So I was kind of next to that genre yeah. already. So they had all the books I ever wanted, you know. Um, I would always go there and do research and, they had crystal shops and things like that. I would always go to those places and research, you know, yeah. buy books and and ask questions. Yeah. Wow. Has somebody told me if you want to go duck hunting, you gotta go to where the ducks go. Yeah. So if I wanted to find about about our spirituality or those kind of things, I go where that is. Not the metaphysical shops. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's it. Um, I guess we can we can wrap up here unless you have any last final thoughts on astral projection or your experiences or anything else that we touched on. I'll I'll leave you with this one to baffle your mind. This has been weighing on me for a while. I've been trying to figure it out. Um, with the prediction of a couple of my family's death, um, they came to me afterward. And my great-grandmother did, and my other great-grandmother, two great-grandmas, that I predicted would pass. Um, and it was, uh, I'll tell you, my grandmother on one. I told my, my grandmothers that my great-grandmother was in Missouri, and we were in Florida. I came to her on the 23rd of December, and I asked her, I said, can we do Christmas on Christmas Eve? I want to open up presents. I want to have Christmas dinner. I want to do this. You know what I mean? Wanted to have that Christmas right then, you know, on Christmas Eve, not Christmas Day. Did I know why? I didn't know why. I really didn't know why. So I, I can't say that I predicted it completely, but I didn't know why. And at 7 a.m. on Christmas morning, my grandmother got a call saying that her mother had passed. Oh, my gosh. So... Here, here's the here's the booger. Because that night, Christmas night, she came to me, and we were sitting in a car, and she was in the driver's seat, I was in the passenger seat. We were going through rush hour traffic in St. Louis, you know, in tons of traffic. I mean, just oh my god, and but it was not inside the car was not hectic like the outside was. It was very calm on the inside of that car. And I was talking to her, and she told me, she goes, I'm sorry that I didn't get to see you before I passed. You know, so was that her coming to me, or was that my astral projection at that, that evening? Mm. Was, how, how did that meet? How did yeah. I meet her in that realm, you know, that spiritual realm? How did I meet her and her tell me these, you know, that was, that I'm still trying to figure that one out. And then my other great-grandmother, I had... I was there when she passed, and I, I, I seen the clock on the wall. She died in her sleep in Missouri. And the next day, my father called me, and I told him, I was like, you don't have to tell me. I can tell you what time she passed. And he was just floored. You know, like, how did you know that I was going to tell you the great-grandma passed? Wow. I said, because I was there. <sighs> I was there. You know, and I could, and that was another time, you know. Amongst the many that I've astral projected, but that was the hard one. You know, that was the the hard one. But it wasn't, it wasn't traumatic. It was peaceful. You know, she passed in her sleep. It was, 
one minute I feel her energy and the next minute I don't. Yeah. It wow. was it was it was that that smooth. You know what I mean? It was that smooth. It wasn't abrupt or traumatic or anything like that. Yeah. Crazy. <laughs> I don't even know what to but say. Yeah, it was, oh, it's just on the ground. <laughs> I have so many stories like that. It's just it's hard to single out the ones, but you know, to connect it to the matter that you have speaking anyway. For content anyway. Oh, don't worry, we're gonna bring you back on. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. So we've probably reached the end of the show now. So Heather, do you want to go ahead and just plug your social media and your blog real quick? Yeah, uh, just head to schmitttalks.com and you can see everything on the homepage on how to connect with me on Twitter, TikTok, uh, YouTube, you know, all of them. I'm, <laughs> I'm on everything. So <laughs> at least for now, as long as they all continue to be platforms, not sure what's going to happen to Twitter. Any, any yeah. day. <laughs> Don't need yeah. any more fascist billionaires. What Elon Musk is doing. I don't know what he's doing. I don't know. It's unfortunate. It's unfortunate because a lot of my engagement came from there, but it is yeah. what it is. So, but yeah, schmitttalks.com uh, and everything is right there on how to connect. Perfect. And if people want to get in contact with you, Tammy, how can they reach out? And um, what do you have going on in your life? Wow. Um, right now, just <laughs> concentrating on the mundane task of managing four offices and staff and hiring and training and all that good stuff. So just focusing on that. We're going in tax season here soon. So it's a rush to get everybody ready for that. Um, and next year is going to be interesting here in, in Florida with all the casualty losses and Hurricane Ian. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I'm at uh, Tammy Shell at Gmail. Um, I don't, you know, get on social media that often. I do have a Facebook. It's Tammy Show. Um, and yeah, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, thank you so much for both being here again. The 805 Uncensored is on Instagram at 805 Uncensored Pod. Uh, we're now on TikTok at 805 Uncensored Pod as well. Uh, YouTube, 805 Uncensored Podcast. If you want to ask me a question, guest idea, or episode idea, you can email me, 805 Uncensored at gmail.com. And we're available on all the major podcasting platforms. And that's it. Thank you. And have a great Thank night. Thank you, Jordan. Thank you, Heather. Bye-bye. It was great to meet you. Bye-bye.